1: Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Talk. Here comes the money. Money, 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 money,
0: money, money. Welcome back to the Wendy's Big Show, Toby Altizer, alongside Adam Roberts here in the Lakeland University Studios. And now it is time to get out to the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider is hiring drivers right now for more info. Call them 844 Pride. Go to Schneiderjobs.com. That's eight hundred forty-four. Prior to go to schneiderjobs.com and welcome in our guest from You Better You Bet. Check that out on the Odyssey app. Ken Barkley, how you doing, Ken?
2: I'm doing good, Toby. How you doing?
0: Not too bad. Yep. Preseason football got underway last night. Good to have football back to bet on.
2: Yeah, one hundred percent. And uh, you know, I know the Packers have a game coming up uh, tonight at eight thirty against the Niners, which is kind of interesting from a betting standpoint. I, I think these preseason games, I don't know if you follow kind of the conversation that goes on. I think there are a lot of people there have even been kind of like higher up people in like the talent space and, you know, doing television that are really surprised that people bet on preseason mm-hmm. NFL games. And, yeah. and it's the conversation always degrades into like, Oh, you like people that on preseason, what a bunch of low life degenerate, <laughs> like terrible people. Like that's always the image that's mm-hmm. presented, right. Like that's like what's out there. And I would just, I would just provide a counter to that, where if you can figure out ahead of time, even minutes before or in the moments that it is announced, who is going to play and who is not going to play, the amount of value that exists in betting preseason football is, imagine if, you know, in the regular season at, you know, when inactives are announced, which is what, 90 minutes before game time, usually for the regular season, uh, imagine if when that happens you found out, like, well, is Aaron Rodgers going to play or not? Or, like, is every quarterback in every NFL game going to play or not? Or, like, who's going to play instead? So Malik Willis starting for the Titans last night, for example. If If you could just imagine, like, Sundays would be, it would be like Black Friday and the doors open at the department stores. Everybody's, like, running in to try to bet stuff as the information comes out. Okay, well, on a much smaller scale, that's what preseason NFL is. Lines frequently move four five, six points one way or the other because of a, a piece of information. If You can get that information before everybody else. I mean, think of the valuable bets that could be created. So its I feel like these, you know, the people that bet preseason NFL are painted with that brush of just like the guy at the OTB putting in the, the 10 cent superfecta on the horse race, like <laughs> down on his luck. He's got his last dollar give me the Packers plus two and a half against the Niners. Cause who knows it's actually like much more refined than that. There's actually an intelligence to it. So I'm sort of here to, to represent the preseason NFL better. as like, I promise we are not all just the bottom <laughs> of the barrel, worst of the worst kind of people that are out there.
0: Well, and if you really want to make some money in the preseason, you just always got to bet the Ravens.
2: Right. Clearly. Well, I mean, it just, uh, I just, and we did this on our show yesterday on you better. You bet. We talked about this game because if you when you look at some of the games the Ravens have played in the preseason like on a sheet of paper like who's going to play quarterback for each side and then you look at the point spread there's there's almost always a compelling argument for the opposite side because it's like okay like Tyler Huntley's like really good backup quarterback started a play, you know played in a playoff game started multiple regular season games last year but like beyond that you put kind of what they're rolling with against you know Malik Willis and Logan Woodside for the Titans who are not starters but who are like really good preseason quarterbacks Tennessee took a ton of money yesterday. Like, they, that game opened Ravens four and a half because they cover every game. And the, all that happened was the Titans got bet. That's the only thing that <laughs> happened. And one of the reasons for that is, like, I think it's really tough for, like, a smart NFL better to quantify something like the Ravens just cover every preseason game and they play the greatest preseason brand of football imaginable. Like, they care so much that's usually stuff that that betters smart betters like to disregard oh like they care a lot what like everybody else doesn't care or oh they're motivated everybody else is motivated too and yet for whatever reason the ravens have won 21 straight preseason games and they've covered like 18 of those I mean, it's one of the most from a gambling standpoint historically it is not significant but from a gambling standpoint <laughs> it is one of the most significant street like, things I think I've ever seen, because there's like not really an explanation for it. Everyone's fighting for jobs on both teams. It's backup quarterbacks for almost the entire second half. How do they keep doing this? <laughs> it's just It sort of defies mathematical logic, which is why I think you still see, even last night, they'd won 20 in a row. You saw people bet the opposite side of that game. Smart bettors, people who move the number, bet the Titans, and obviously were wrong. I mean, just, it's really kind of a remarkable setup.
0: Well, and you think at some point it's got to end. It's a preseason. They're not playing. their dudes. It's not like Lamar Jackson's trotting out there, and yet they still find a way to win.
2: It's remarkable because, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Did you watch the game last night? It's okay. I just probably saw some highlights. Yeah, I, I just saw little highlights. For the most part. Yeah, so it's just the remarkable thing to me is, and it, this is true in regular season football, obviously, too, Takeaways are such high win probability swinging plays, right? Like you get a takeaway on your side, your chances of winning the game go up a ton if you If your quarterback throws an interception, your chances go down a ton. that's pretty intuitive, I think for people, but like as a single play, it's like one of the most kind of traumatic plays that you can have that'll upset who's going to win a game, and the Ravens get these like three times tipped interceptions and just like all <laughs> these types of things where I just go like Malik Willis misses a wide open trail on Birch for like a ninety yard touchdown early on in the it's just like these are the kinds of things that are happening, but yet they're happening 20 games in a row, 21 games in a row. Like, Obviously, there's something the Ravens are doing, competent coaching probably that accounts that for some of that, but then you watch some of the individual plays, you just go, I can't believe this is happening again. Like, yeah. And betters can't believe it either. I mean, usually a team's on a streak like that, you're not going to see the, the market move hard the opposite way when something like that is happening, right? A, a baseball team wins 10 games in a row, you're not going to see the market just bet the opponent into oblivion against them a lot of the time, because there's usually a reason why they're playing really well. And yet with the Ravens, it's the exact opposite. People were lining up to bet against them in a situation where they haven't lost in like six weeks.
0: Talking with Ken Barkley from You Better You Bet here on the Wendy's Big Show, looking at the rest of the week one slate of the preseason here, anything that you like?
2: (laughs) There there are a couple things. (laughs) This is is just like, it's like funny to say these things out loud, honestly. It's like actually just, to be like, oh, you know, like you know, what I love the under in Arizona-Cincinnati because, like, <laughs> listen to these quarterback depth charts. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, so Arizona-Cincinnati is interesting. Joe Burrow is not playing. Uh, a Ball State rookie quarterback named Drew Plitt is very likely to play a lot of the second half in that game. I don't expect anybody to have heard of him. Uh, the depth chart for Cincinnati's quarterbacks after Burrow. Burrow not playing because of the appendectomy, obviously. May not have played in the game anyway, but it definitely isn't playing because of the appendectomy. Um, Their depth chart is particularly poor. Arizona, not only are they not playing Kyler Murray, um, who's probably all playing Call of Duty, probably maybe a double experience weekend or something. Uh, Colt McCoy, their backup quarterback, also not going to play in the game. So you're getting into like third and fourth stringers. Now the market for this game, the total has dropped about a point, but it's still 31, and I actually think the first digit might need to be a two with the type of quarterback play we're going to get. It's the third lowest total on the board for the weekend. It might need to be the lowest um, aside from the Rams game. So that's that's one game that stands out. And then I'm actually curious. I kind of want to ask you about I don't have a bet on Packers Niners, but it seems like the handicap of the game basically boils down to cuz Lance is going to play mm-hmm. whatever two, two plays or something. He's not going to play very much and the 49ers depth charter quarterback isn't great. Kind of just seems like do you do you think Jordan Love's going to play well or not? And if you do, and that would make you want to bet the Packers. They're an underdog in the game. They're plus two and a half. And if you don't, if you think Jordan Love is not going to play well or you don't believe him as a quarterback, then you would bet the Niners. Like, what is this, What if, you know, multiple years later after the draft, what is, like, the consensus opinion about how how he might play in that game?
0: Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think it's, an, it's one thing we've been talking about leading up to here, too, is how's he going to play. But all the reports so far have been that he's taken huge strides. He's looking more confident. He's looking like a guy that's taken some pointers from Aaron Rodgers and someone that they a lot of Packers fans are pretty confident just from the bits and pieces we've heard from training camp that he could be something that if something were to happen, he could step in there and be a competent quarterback. And we don't know what's going to happen with the future, obviously, with Rodgers and everything. But if everything shook out and they could just sign him up right now, he'd be the heir apparent. So I think a lot of people are pretty confident he's going to come out here, play an extended amount of time. Uh, you know, we work with Leroy Butler here. He expects him to play three quarters tonight or hopes he plays at least three quarters tonight. And we've been saying like, who cares about Danny Etling? It's about Jordan Love. So let's go, let's get him out there and play because we haven't seen him for an extended period of time. So if he plays the whole game, that's fine by me too. And I think that you're going to see him take a big step forward. It's just, I question what around him is going to give him the ability to do that. But then again, it's not like, like you said, is Trey Lance going to play a whole lot? I I don't know that he will. And if that's the case, I'll take a guy that was a first-round pick and Jordan Love being a, a competent enough quarterback to give you some points.
2: Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you. First of all, you you echo the rest of America there. Who who cares about Danny Adling outside of, like, the Adling family, probably, something like that. But, you know, Kyle Shanahan's already – that's why this game's interesting. I, I kind of agree with you and Leroy, honestly. And obviously, he would know better than me. But I – you know, Kyle Shanahan's basically come out and said, Trey Lance is going to play very much, um, maybe get a couple series, whatever, not like a dominant amount of snaps. Obviously Garoppolo's never taking a snap for the Niners ever again, unless I guess like Lance got hurt. And then they're like, actually, Jimmy, welcome back. We need you. Um, but the, the two quarterbacks that are going to play for the Niners, Nate Sudfeld, who was literally inserted into a regular season game to lose it for the <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles, like, was inserted into the game because it gave the Eagles the best chance to lose to Washington and get a better draft. I
0: appreciated so,
2: that. Right. right.
0: <laughs> I, as a Washington fan myself, Ken, I know I work out here. I appreciated that.
2: Uh, yeah. Well, uh, you're welcome on behalf of Philadelphia, I guess, or Doug Peterson. <laughs> just that with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So Doug going to play a ton. He's brutal. I mean, I, I, There are very few quarterbacks that are the answer to the question, who would we put in to lose a game? He would be one of them. And then Brock Purdy, who obviously like sort of gained a lot of stardom at Iowa State, Brocktober, it's also the month Mm. of August for people who like that joke. So it's Brock Purdy's going to play a ton of the game anyway, too. Like, this is a brutal collection of preseason quarterbacks. If you think Jordan Love is anything, the Packers are getting points. I mean, it's just... They're, you're getting two and a half against Nate Sudfeld and Brock Purdy. If you think Jordan Lowe's going to play three quarters, you think he's made strides in camp, I think you got to think about betting the Packers. They're a dog in the game.
0: Yeah, I think that's interesting. Well, one more question for you here. Let's transition over to baseball, looking at some futures and awards. Do you think, uh, I, from what I've seen so far, Justin Verlander is favored in the AL Cy Young, but you have Dylan Cease on this crazy streak, something that hasn't been done in, what, over 100 years with – the amount of runs he's only given up one in what, like 14 starts or something like that. Any chance he catches him. And then looking at the NL MVP, is it just going to be Paul Goldschmidt winning that?
2: So I think what you have right now is two guys, Verlander and Goldschmidt, who are definitely like more than half of the time going to win. Like they're likely to win, right? It's not, we don't want to say anything more than that, but they're both favored in the market. They both have extremely strong statistical resumes up to this point. Um, I like Verlander still to win AL Cy Young. The thing with Cease, yes, he's on this, like, remarkable streak, and his odds have plummeted as a result of that, also because Shane McClanahan hasn't pitched very well. But the thing with Cease is he would actually break a mold historically that he walks a ton of guys and whip, which is, for people who don't know, walks plus hits per innings pitched, basically just, like, how many base runners you give up. He's, like, 20th in the AL in that statistic. Obviously, all the other contenders are top three in everything, and he's brutal in that stat – No one's ever won the Cy Young, at least in like modern baseball history, walking batters at that clip. And it's continued the entire season, as good as he's been. So can he win? Sure. But he has kind of like an obvious like red mark basically on his resume. So I I don't really like him as much to beat Verlander. I still think Goldschmidt's really vulnerable. He's been awesome. But his lead is actually not that significant over a lot of guys. Austin Riley, Nolan Arenado, his own teammate, who I know has come out and said like Goldschmidt should win, but. I still think has like a really good case Freddie Freeman of the Dodgers. There's like a bunch of guys who are just right behind Goldschmidt and there's 50 games left. So, I think of the two, I actually think Goldschmidt is much more vulnerable because there's more contenders that can go and beat him.
0: Real quick last one here. Uh, I know I said the last one was the last one, but what are the chances <laughs> who do you have winning the NL Central? Do you have the Cardinals or do you have the Brewers?
2: I'm going to just What did the Brewers do at the trade deadline? I know you got you probably got a million calls about that. <laughs> like what are we doing? We're, we're still complaining think- about it, yeah. Yeah. It's, the market's basically even right now. Cardinals are a slight favorite to win the NL Central. I know the Fangrass projections are really close. I don't have a bet on the division. I'll just, I'll say the Cardinals right now, basically. I think it could still end up being close.
0: Can't appreciate the time, man. No problem, Toby. Thanks a lot. How powerful is
2: Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage.